0: Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, oh, gonna hoop upside your head? Texas talking, oh, tell me who can you trust when Texas got on. When Texas Texas love. Texas love? Oh, hey folks, Kinky Friedman welcoming you to the TripCast, celebrating the 6th anniversary of Texas Tribune. Also requesting that you get a copy of The Loneliest Man I Ever Met, uh, my brand new CD, which I think you'll enjoy. And a little bit of politics here, can't resist that. I'm supporting Bernie this time because I want to see a G in the White House. Uh, So uh, with no further ado, let us uh, wish uh, the Trib a happy 6th birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. I can't believe I'm doing this. Happy birthday, Texas
1: Tribune. Happy birthday to you, and now, Emily.
2: Thank you for that phenomenal introduction. That's uh, pretty this, great.
1: <laughs> it's
2: Honestly. one for the record books for sure. Uh, Evan's going to sing "Happy Birthday" to us. I next. don't think
1: anybody has has uh, sang sung. Sang on this podcast for just keep moving six years.
2: Let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right?
3: There was a right. time
1: that Ken Sheets sang to you. No, I don't. I think I may have just dreamt that.
2: I think you probably did. Ken yeah. Sheets in your dreams. Mark the <laughs> mark my words.
1: Dream back. Ken this Sheets. is Emily
2: Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the first week of November. I'm joined by CEO and Editor in Chief Evan Smith.
0: What's up, dude? What?
2: <laughs> oh God! All right. He's uh, got a new motto apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Executive Editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. You're not going to call me Dude? No. Dude. <laughs> and reporter Alexa Uda.
1: Hello. Ross was raised properly. You I, know, on the other hand. Yes.
3: We were,
0: we were
1: caged. <laughs> you were. Is that what it was? That's what they called we were, it in we North States? We were great babies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that a lesson for me? Were well, you permitted uh, into the bathroom with ladies? Apparently not.
2: <laughs> All right. Speaking uh, of bathrooms You can have ladies, that transition
1: we'll just, for free. Thank
2: you. Uh, we're, we're visiting here with each other on the morning after Election Day uh, an affair that saw a whole bunch of constitutional amendments, uh, a House race, but the biggest news obviously was out of Houston where an equal rights ordinance was on uh, the ballot as was uh, the mayor's race. Right. So, uh, Let's start with HERO, which has gotten a lot of attention nationally. Uh, Alexa, talk us through what happened last night. Uh, what was the big headline, and was it a surprise or not?
3: The Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, which would have enacted protections against discrimination on 15 different characteristics, including gender, um, if you're pregnant, marital status, religion, all sorts of things, but also sexual orientation and gender gender identity um, fell. It it just died to the tune of 61% of voters against it. And, you know, it was really a campaign that had been reduced to bathroom talk. And it was, you know, early on, some of the pollsters that were crunching the early voting numbers were saying, this is probably going to die just because some of the conservative districts who normally don't turn out this heavily in mayoral races actually turned out for this, and and a a big part of that was the vote against the Hero Ordinance. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I know Ross and Evan have strong feelings on the efficacy of this campaign.
1: No, it's pretty successful. I I think you have to give the people who got Hero killed uh, a lot of credit. They were able to distill the case against this ordinance uh, into one word, bathroom, shrieked in a high pitch uh, over and over and over, uh, uh, tweeted about Uh, Press conferenced about, mailed about. um, It distilled what was a, as Alexa correctly says, a a very complicated, complex, multi-layered ordinance into uh, you don't want dudes in the bathroom with your wives and daughters. That was pretty much what it was. Right. They successfully framed the thing. And you have to give the people who did this, who got this thing killed by two two to one, you've got to give them credit because from a branding and marketing standpoint, if you simply strip away everything but branding and marketing, they really were able to brand and market their side exceptionally well. It was one of the best campaigns of this sort against an ordinance that I've seen.
0: And I'm curious to see the analysis of who voted because I'm – you know, sort of curious about whether, or to what extent, I guess, uh, the hero ordinance and the crowd that it drew to the polls influenced the mayor's race. Bill King got the number two got finish. Twenty-five percent. Number two finish was Bill King, who was, you know, it's a nonpartisan race, but he's the Republican in the race. Sylvester Turner was, I guess, from uh, wire to wire, the first place guy in the race. State representative from Houston, um, a black Democrat. Number three was Adrian Garcia, uh, who left the sheriff's job in Harris County to run for this. He finished third and, you know, Early in the polling in this race, uh, Turner and Garcia were first and second. Garcia's a Democrat also. Um, so I think the Hero Ordinance, A, they framed it well and won their side, and B, I think they had a great influence on the mayor's race. The,
1: uh, the Adrian Garcia uh, third-place finish is for two reasons from what we on the near outside can tell. One is that Adrian Garcia ran a bad campaign or the circumstances surrounding his candidacy, things that were said about him, written about him, questions about yeah. his time as sheriff, right. about the jails and everything, that was not helpful to his campaign. But I think there is no question. That Hero know,
2: was the nail on well, the
1: coffin. You well, know, you had Dan Patrick and Ken Paxton and Greg Abbott and a ton of statewide conservative leaders parachuting into this race saying, you need to vote against Hero And in doing so, they turned out the kind of people who, once in the voting booth to vote against Hero, are going to vote for, even in a nonpartisan mayor's race, they're Mm going to vote for the Republican candidate. And there was another one in the race. Steve Costello, the council member, is also a Republican. But Bill King was the preferred choice of the conservatives. Now, here's the the question. So Sylvester gets north of 30 percent bill king gets north of like 25 percent, and i think in both cases they finished better than what people had predicted mm-hmm. would, would would have been their their total so they go they ride into the runoff now on december 12th the people who turned out to vote for the hero ordinance and voted for bill king have no hero ordinance as their motivation to turn out in the next round
2: yep I right. think so it's that's right. the, yeah. so that's the
1: question well yeah i don't oh, a look, a well, so we're to convince bill, bill king could ivy taylor <laughs> Sylvester,
2: <laughs> he'd have to he Ivy Taylor and Sylvester in a runoff in a super low turnout runoff. They'd have to but well, conventional but wisdom. conventional could. wisdom, he you could. know, which
0: has a bunch of evidence behind it, is that in a super low turnout election, like a runoff, Conservatives do better than they do in normal elections. This is Ted Cruz versus David Dewhurst. And and, And the conservative groups are going
1: to turn their people out to the degree that they can. They're going to spend time and energy and money. This is the fourth largest city in the country trending to third largest city in the country. It is the most diverse city in the country. By the way, this whole idea that somehow it's shocking that the hero ordinance would would, would fail in Houston or that Bill King would get 25 Mm percent. Here's something. Let me lay a little truth bomb on you here. Barack Obama beat Mitt Romney. I think seems okay, shocked. Right. Here comes the dude truth all of part, get ready. Right.
2: For all of you people who are shocked about how Texas voters feel, Evan's going to...
1: I'm going to lay a little truth Evan's bomb Evan's going to
2: mansplain it for I'm you. Gonna, I gonna, I'm, going, I'm, going to,
1: I'm going to man-stat it for you here. Here are some stats. Um, uh, Barack Obama beat Mitt Romney in Harris County in 2012 by 500 votes. And Wendy Davis lost Harris County to Greg Abbott. The concept of conservatives or Republicans... Voting in that part of the state is not that much of a shock. Well, that's it's not true. like the hero ordinance went down in Travis County.
0: Well, that's right, true, right. but in in Barack Obama won the city of Houston. Yeah, but he lost Harris County. Harris County, and we're if talking we about the city. Of of Houston. Talking sure. about well, you right. got
1: two million in Harris County, two million, two million in the city of Houston. I understand that. So that so that you're, you're, that invariably those numbers were skewed by the non-Houston portion of Harris County. Nonetheless, the idea that somehow th- this is like oh my God, you know. Cats and dogs living together—it's not all that super shocking. Right. But
3: it's clearly a different set of voters that came out because you have the same city who elected Anise Parker
2: in two thousand nine, right?
3: Passing a around. referendum
2: against transgender people,
3: basically. Exactly.
2: Right.
1: Well, but but that assumes that you believe. I don't think that. First of all, I think two things are different. I think first of all, I don't think that th- there's any linkage between Anise Parker necessarily and this deal. I don't think oh, you can say. I th- I think oh, she was absolutely. all over the this... No, 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 but back at the time, do you think that people said, "Let's vote for the lesbian mayor of Houston"? I think people voted for Anise Parker, who had been the controller of Houston. Oh, I don't.
2: I think it absolutely was fundamental to that race that she was
0: lesbian. So
1: where are the, where are the people who voted for Anise Parker then in this? I mean, this is the other question. So let's assume that there were. what form... Adrian
0: Gonzalez <laughs> <García Garcia's laughs> running, wondering this morning. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. so,
1: so if you want to, I mean, I'm not entirely sure that I agree that you kind of. Oh, it's a huge shock that the people I went to same baseball there for same city who The same city who, uh, that supported a- uh, Anise Parker in 2009 uh, and again in in whatever the next election cycle that she ran in. Was it 2009? Was it '9? Well, whatever sure. the next cycle that she ran in to get reelected, that they suddenly – this is the same city that knocks down uh, a hero. But, you know – the people who turned out to vote for Anissa in the past either did or did not turn out this time.
3: Well, that's the difference, right? That conservative voters who might have not had a reason to turn out before exactly. had these two But it, I'm wondering,
1: did the liberals get caught flat-footed here? I mean, you and I were talking before the podcast about whether the the, 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 the pro-hero side took the anti-hero side seriously enough in the course of this campaign. They seem to be caught Flat-footed by this, and didn't necessarily push back sufficiently. I
2: like, mean, even after the early vote totals came out, the Prop One people were saying it's okay. We expect this come after back early from voting. This. Don't, oh my God, don't
0: how many we election We're nights, on
2: track. They ha- tweeted, "We're still on track." Yeah, how many
0: very election, few elections? You know, very
1: few elections on stuff yeah, like this. Yeah. Flip, well, but you know. how many elections have we witnessed over the years where the election, uh, the early vote comes in, and you go, "Well, we know the outcome of this based on that." Well, it's you rare know, it's,
0: that election night totals it's, Trump. It's, It's only true that that they flip when the subject changes or when it's volatile during the early voting period. You Mm -hmm. know, like if you're seeing like if you're watching a governor's race and it's a neck and neck race, there have been things like this in the past. If you're watching a big race like that and it's neck and neck, you can watch the advertising and the news stories and the headlines and stuff in the last two weeks and say, okay, that maybe flip the, right. the race. That maybe turns the race. Maybe changes Since this people thing. early voted. The right. subject of conversation in the hero ordinance thing… Did not change for the last four weeks. It was fact, a solid, more, steady stream more conversation. Right. More, and in fact, more when, when, you're,
3: running, right.
0: you, when you're talking about the opponents framing this thing yeah. successfully, that's really what you're talking about. The other guys never made a dent. I want to come back to the
1: Denise Parker thing for a second. I don't know that Denise Parker herself has a large constituency that she can deliver. And I think this is part partly proof of that. Well, I'm not that, sure that she's that kind of poli- – I, I, I wonder about her as that kind of politician. Does she necessarily mm-hmm. – does any mayor necessarily – but does Denise Parker in this specific case have a constituency that she can deliver wrapped in a bow in an election like this? I think the answer has been proven to be no.
0: Probably and if you're not. a Democrat looking for statewide Democrats for the future and you're looking at people like Parker and Castro and Castro and you know people like that – that's something that you're going to note. Does she bring Houston or not? And, right. you know, the evidence this morning mm-hmm. is um, pretty iffy. I don't think the prospects of Anise Parker as a statewide candidate in this – in the near future were, were particularly high before. I'm just right? saying if you're a Democrat looking at the farm team, that's one of the things you're looking at when you talk about Anise Parker. And look, Sylvester got more than 30 percent of the vote in a field of what? I mean, if 13, you...
1: 12. So yeah. what, did, what did Costello get? Costello got – Ten.
3: I mean, Adrian Garcia walked away with like
1: thirteen. Thirteen. So, so right. let's say Costello got ten. Costello let's give Costello about ten. So Bill White, <laughs> got, Bill, uh, Bill uh, King, pardon me, got twenty-five. Costello got ten. They were the two Republicans in this race. Arguably, the Democratic vote was about 65 percent, and it was spread among a bunch of candidates who, again, we were talking about this before, Mm -hmm. Alexa, there's likely going to be some kind of a unity rally at some point soon. The campaign was not nasty so that Chris Bell and Marty McVeigh and Adrian Garcia and whomever else probably don't endorse Sylvester. I suspect they probably all do endorse Sylvester.
2: And I think the people spooked by the bathroom stuff don't turn out for the runoff. I just I mean do you think
1: I, that the anti-hero ordinance people because there's no hero ordinance on the ballot in the yeah, runoff don't yeah, turn back out be a to smaller vote? For number.
2: The I think you brought in a whole bunch of, you know, unusual right. voters who got totally spooked by this. Ross
0: has that uh, I'm I've, reserving judgment yeah. dude look on his face. I'm going I I think that the runoff's going to be a more conservative electorate than this election mm-hmm. and whether that turns into a King win or a Turner win, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't write King out at this point.
1: I think that this I think that King ends up maybe with like he could end up with conceivably 40 to 45%. I mean it may be a closer race than people think. Well, this
2: probably has scared the pants right. off of Sylvester Turner. I mean, you know, I think you'd be going into a runoff you are probably like ultra mobilized. Right. So
1: do you think Alexa uh, that there's a Hispanic versus African American tension in Houston that might cause Latino voters who turned out for Adrian Garcia to not be inclined to support Sylvester?
3: I think a big part of it will be whether Adrian Garcia endorses Sylvester Turner. It and, will matter. Right. And comes out and says, "You know, I'm thankful that you came out for me. You were my base. I counted on you. You voted on that right. day. Now let's vote for Sylvester Turner."
0: There are there are a bunch of Hispanic and um, non-Hispanic Democratic leaders who are going to jump behind Sylvester Turner. And are going to say, that we got to do this.
3: I mean, just you look know, at the, right. house, the, the house members yeah, who were already behind right, him. It a completely diverse group. And I right. think you're going to see a the runoff. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the other part of this is that Sylvester ran for mayor twice previously and lost in the last 15 years. And Adrian Garcia needs to think for himself, this is a marathon and not a sprint. And I want to preserve my options going forward because right. if I'm not mayor now, maybe I'll have right. the opportunity
2: to at some
0: point in the future. Dang, I could have been sheriff. <laughs> right. right. <laughs>
2: well, Ross, uh, can you walk us through the other highlights from the night, just uh, constitutional amendments briefly? And, um... Yeah,
0: the constitutional amendments – I mean, they just zipped through all seven of them. Um, sauce through the goose. So um, thank
2: God, my right to hunt and fish in <laughs> Texas is protected. Did you say sauce through the
0: goose? I said sauce through the goose. Yeah, okay. I might have used the, another word. The PG version. Yeah, right. right, right. Um, Yeah, we could play the the um, the other version of that with the kinky outtakes. Um, <laughs> the so those amendments all zipped through. Um, in San Antonio, we're going to have a runoff for Joe Farias' seat, and I think that ended up And Gabe
1: didn't make the runoff, right? Gabe Farias did not make Udesti. it. Tomas it was Tomas and Uresti and, and, and Lujan, the Republican. And this is a right. case where the Republicans are crowing again. Well, because I mean, this it's is San Antonio, and this is how the Senate race went. One of these, right. the these the lull San Antonio well, that's special the elections. the special elections, right? Right. right. But, but honestly, Noink. San Antonio Democrats
0: really— well, yeah. I, really? I haven't looked at the final numbers. I expect Houston was, you know, approaching half of the state turnout. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, San Antonio had the same kind of low turnout election everybody else did. Right. It's like, eh, meh. Right. You know, we've got a bunch of constitutional amendments. It's um, the sort
3: of seat that if Joe Farias would have waited to just resign at the end of his term, would have right. easily stayed Democratic in 2016. Well, and
1: it's not it's not like it's not necessarily going to stay Democratic because if you add up the Uresti the, right. and, uh, and uh, uh, Gabe Faria's uh, a vote, it's larger than what Lujan right. got. If, but If but, you get the same electorate. But the, Repub- but right, the exactly. Republicans in San Antonio, right. or the conservatives in San Antonio, call whether we call them Republicans in a traditional sense or not, the people who are more conservative than less conservative, who have been successful in the last year, in gaming out some of these elections, yep. are looking at this going, they're like Nelson Muntz pointing at the Bexar County Democratic Party going, ha ha.
0: Well, this no, is, they're far this is what they're the, they the, vote. the trick here is that they're not blocked by voting in a primary. So these are all general elections. Exactly. And so a Republican or a Democrat can vote either way they want mm-hmm. and come back for the runoff and vote either way they want. If this were a primary, if you had voted in a Republican primary, you can't vote in a Democratic runoff and vice right. versa. Well, in San, so, San Antonio, so,
3: you have all these Democrats trying to run for anything because it's right, just a right. huge launch pad for them. So,
0: So the test of this is going to be when we get to the Democratic primaries in March in San Antonio and see what the San Antonio's Democratic electorate Mm -hmm. does, particularly if Trey Martinez-Fisher and Jose Menendez have a rematch and see how that thing goes and see if it looks like the special election that put Menendez in the Senate. Mm
2: -hmm. Right, right. Well, there's another. uh,
1: Can I I mention one more election that I just found fascinating last night?
2: The Travis County voters, yet again, (laughs) (laughs) voted against a bond. This is not surprising to me at all anymore. Travis County voters are totally done paying for shit. They just don't want to pay for anything anymore. Property
0: taxes are high.
2: They don't want to pay for affordable housing. They don't want to pay for light rail. They don't want to pay. I mean, they just are done. Wasn't
3: it also the only county in which the prop that would have made state Office holders actually have to live here. Yeah, I know
0: it was the only big yeah. county. <laughs> the right. only big county where this, right. this is the thing that says if you're a statewide elected official, you have to live in Austin. Can that's, I, can in, I, that's in the co- state constitution. And Evan, voters said, Evan wants said, to nah, bitch about
2: Austin for a minute. You can, li-
0: you can live in, you know, Well, I want, bitch about, Tallahassee I want to just bitch about Austin. I don't want to necessarily just bitch about Austin. Why uh, would you want I to? make. Yeah, what, a, I right. want to make a general observation.
1: Feel free. We don't know who votes anymore. And we can, and look, we can s- look it up. No, <laughs> no, no. And we should stop pretending that we know. The, the whole question of modeling the electorate and of polling in advance of ballot initiatives or of special elections or primaries—we suck. We suck at figuring out who is going to vote in advance of an election. I'm to make that my ringtone. <laughs> yep. we. You
2: suck. know, we, we suck. suck. The Kentucky governor's
1: race. The Kentucky governor's race, which we don't necessarily care about. For, you know, immediately in Texas right now. I mean, this is like, who cares about that? Yeah. Right? Is but, there a move
2: on your horizon?
1: <laughs> no, well, hey, the, the Kentucky I, Tribune. I kind of think the Lexington Tribune sounds pretty good. But look, the Kentucky governor's race, Matt Bevan, the Republican candidate, did not lead in any poll from the time that he won the primary to now. His own internal polls showed him losing by 3% last night, and the public polls had him losing by 10%. And he won by, like, 9%. We don't the know. The only
0: poll that counts is. is on election. Well, but that's my point. I think that with a
1: lot of this stuff, we just have lost control. We, in the perceiving who's going to vote in elections and understanding the electorate and everything else I think we suck at that now I think we have completely
0: lost control I think that science has gone oh. down the tubes it's hard to it's hard to figure out we how just don't to know. Con- it's obviously hard for pollsters to figure out how to contact the people who are actually oh, cell voting phone, and, and home elicit. Phone,
2: internet I mean, illicit right. and illicit
0: and, and, so and, and, and honest and accurate and I have kind to tell you that part measure. of the San
1: Antonio stuff in this last year I suspect part of the misperception of the outcome in advance of the outcome or misreading of what was going to happen in a couple of these cases and i frankly think some of the misreading on i'm not sure that people thought hero would go down to the degree that it went down or that Mm -hmm. bill king would do as well two to one yeah i'm just wondering if we no longer know who the electorate is and by the way one side is doing a hell of a lot better job of turning out its people. Well, that's been the case in
2: of. Texas for
3: eons.
1: But but I mean, but of late, it just well, seems but the like the problem we're, we're is, a is that the electorate
3: point. is changing. Right. Because you have the minority population in Texas is so much younger. And so new and voters not, and not voting. Well, that's the thing, that's right? The younger new voters, voters vote. are younger voters and they're going to be minorities who might vote for Democrats rather than Republicans. So if you're,
1: if you're a Democrat in Texas and you're looking at the way these elections have gone yesterday and in the last year, the last couple of years, and you're looking at the modeling of the electorate, you're looking at who turns out and who doesn't and who votes and who does not vote, if you're a Democrat, you need to be
0: talked off the ledge. You're just looking at this and going, oh you know, we're not doing God. this right. right. And know, not only are we not doing, out, it, we we right. we're doing it right, but the this.
1: prospects of us doing it right anytime soon, or well, turning this state... But around, is, but, uh, for, but, I mean, it's it's a it, a terrible augur, I think, for the future.
0: This is always where one party or another is. You know, I, uh, the Republicans were here just a few minutes ago. You know, comparatively speaking, this is in Ross's
2: people, lifetime. Well, yeah, in my <laughs>
0: lifetime. <laughs> you
2: know, Alexa and I are like, wait. You know, what? but you remember Thanks, the old, Blondie. you know,
1: yeah, you know, a little gray hair
0: bothered one, everybody. One of my, fa- one of my
1: favorite. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite aphorisms is the old Bum Phillips line, or the line about Bum Phillips, I right, should Right, beat say. Him with yours, yeah. Uh, he could take his guys and beat your guys, and then he can take your guys and beat his guys. Who's Bum Phillips? Bum Phillips was the longtime coach of the Houston oh my Oilers. God. I am just— I, <laughs> I wanna, I, Emily and I
2: are confused,
3: I yeah. need, I, I need <laughs> to.
1: I need to take a minute, a moment of silence for your— inability to Good. know anything. Well, a
2: moment of silence from you would actually help me because I'd like to move on to our next topic. <laughs> hell, hell no,
1: I'm gonna finish my Bum Phillips thing. I paid for this microphone. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's the old Ronald Reagan line, remember yeah, that, right, is yeah. that where it actually worked out? Evan's having an electrical storm um, in his head. <laughs> I am,
2: <laughs>
3: the, bum, the old Bum cap. Phillips
1: line. I think Who's the problem, just the, <laughs> <laughs> that's a more of an Alexa. Hey. hey, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> Uh he's that guy whose name is on the airport in d c yeah, right. uh the 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 pro- the bum phillips problem Democrats have right now is that the Republicans could not take their guys and beat their guys your guys and beat their guys you, uh, this is not a case where it's not simply that that uh, the Democrats that you could not take this bunch of Democrats with this electorate and somehow get them elected through conventional or even unconventional means. Not, not with
0: these issues. Not with these issues. You, you know, it's a two-party state, and they're both Republicans. It's really,
1: it's really amazing to contemplate how far we've come on that front. And and I think this uh, this election yesterday is just, I think, a bad auger for the future. If, if for two, the idea of there being two parties competitive in any conventional way, I just think it makes it really look bad.
2: Well, the two Republican parties um, leads nicely into the next thing I want to talk about, which is uh, Byron Cook's reelection race. Uh, he had an interesting weekend. Uh, sounds like there was a sort of protest, and I use that term very loosely uh, in his district. Uh, Ross, so, so did he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Ross,
0: what's
2: what is going on in this particular race, and what is at stake for the sort of establishment GOP in Well, you know, House?
0: it's it's largely bragging rights. If you look at the House and the Senate. and, and frankly, the congressional delegation numerically, the chances of changing the real political um, nature of any of those is pretty small. There's just not enough seats in play in the Senate, certainly, in in Congress, certainly, and, and arguably in the House to move it from, you know, where it is on the ideological spectrum right now to someplace else. But there are important trophies in here and and for the people who have been opposed to management in the house to joe strauss's um uh speakership and and to his lieutenants the lieutenant that they are most aimed at is is byron cook who's from corsicana uh they've um brought in uh scion of the um Collins Street Bakery. He's a fruitcake uh, scion. It fruitcake right? Uh, fruitcake scion? Yeah. fruitcake I love that. Era, I love which never that. sounds good. He's a kid,
2: right? He's, I mean, yeah, he's
0: 25 or so. I, I and the, the, the uh, he was, he's cooked. mostly, he, as, as I understand it, he hasn't grown up in Corsicana. He moved back in to make the race. He works at the Collin Street Bakery. It's a prominent family. There's a lot of money behind this. Wasn't he in
1: college just a couple years ago? Yeah. yeah. Normally yeah. when you're 25 that's the yeah. case. No no, 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 but I mean, oh, hilarious, <laughs> oh, great. Wait, let me filibuster again. I read something in the, in the course of the reporting on this Cook thing, that like he, his only uh, electoral experience was that he unsuccessfully ran for student in body college. president in college. Yeah, he's a,
0: he's a newbie. Right? He's a tenderfoot. Yeah. Um, but he's got the backing of Empower Texans and some other folks who would like to knock uh, Byron Cook off. Byron Cook has, you know, enough of a record in the House that he's got enemies on this and that and the other thing. One of the big fights he was involved in was dark money, which is the idea that a 501. Uh, C, organization can give money to a political campaign without revealing the names of its donors and the amounts that they gave. Mm-hmm. And there's been a big fight over that and probably a continuing fight going forward. But he also Cook, runs
2: the committee where like the most right. controversial Affairs. stuff comes up. And so if he's, you know, right. he gets either fairly or unfairly blamed for those things, not making it to the floor. So that, there
0: was a union dues checkoff bill right. at the end of last session that conservatives really wanted the Senate send it over, arguably too late to pass. It didn't pass in Byron Cook's committee. Byron Cook gets the... Yeah, credit or blame it. for that and that's that's going to be one of the things abortion and abortion nice um, cities all, all kinds yeah. of stuff lands in the state affairs committee and so he's a target and even if you're not going to change the numbers in the house or change the political complexion of the house byron cook would be a heck of a trophy to hang on the wall it's a big priority for the leadership um, and the leadership packs and all of that kind of stuff jim keffer an outgoing member is heading the leadership pack this time um Cook's survival and re-election is a big priority for them. Cook's demise is a big priority for the other well, side. And, and that's, when, where, that's yeah, going to be one of the big when races. When you consider
1: the number of Strauss Ally committee chairs who are retiring, who are departing the legislature this time, the Empower Texans wing of the party believes it has a trophy case full of pelts and heads. Right. Keffer, Otto, Acock, Crownover. These are people who are all retiring of their, of their own, own volition, volition. Right. Mm-hmm. but they say, we created conditions in the House right. that gave them reason to fear their re-election, and so they they quit rather than, uh, than, than, than run and lose in the primary. There and are- you're never going to know whether any of that is true, but of course it doesn't stop people from claiming right. victory. They view ACOC's departure, Otto's departure, Crownover's departure, Keffer's departure as a measure of victory for them. The one who did not... Uh, succumb as they as they see it to their pressure to get out uh, was Cook and God they are focused like a laser on.
0: And him. there's a couple of people on the other side that the um, establishment side would like to knock off. Tony Tinderholt has a serious challenge. Uh, Jonathan Stickland's going to have a challenge. I'm, you know, we'll have to see how serious that is. Uh, there's a rematch for the Matt Molly rematch for the Matt rinaldi seat against right. Bennett Ratliff. Molly White is facing Hugh Shine, uh, who ran against Chet Edwards for uh, Senate back in the day. Um, before you, and you think that's those, a real race. Before half of this TripCast was born. You think that's <laughs> and, a real race. Uh, I do think that's a real race. And, you know, there are going to be some some places around where both sides are going to be trying to get bragging rights. But go back to where I started. You're not going to change the complexion of the House. And I don't think you're going to seriously threaten the speakership with this election. It's just you'd have to turn more seats than are available to flip. Is
1: Strauss in trouble?
0: That's what I just said.
1: No, no I mean I, – I, I, <laughs> <Wait. No, laughs> To pay no, no, attention? No, 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 but I want you to get really down into –
0: I mean – Well, really. I think the big mistake that these guys – that Strauss's opponents made last time was fo- forcing a vote and showing their numbers. They got 19 votes against him. and
1: mm-hmm. that's, I, I don't mean that's, is he in trouble as speaker. I mean is he in trouble in his
0: legislative position. I, I don't think so. You know, they've got –
2: Who replaces these outgoing cha- – I mean, uh, the outgoing chairs, are there people with enough seniority that they're all sort of establishment Republicans?
0: Well,
1: Drew Darby would like appropriations. I'm just mm-hmm. going to go ahead yeah, and say you know, that. You know, I think uh, you know, I, I've been hearing Ken right. King's name potentially for public Strauss ed. Has,
0: Strauss you know. has a bunch of people he can move up. In fact, right. one of the Neither Darby
1: that or King, by the way, would be happy, make the grassroots happy, I suspect.
0: Right. One of the, you know, small advantages to losing lieutenants for a speaker is that you, you can replenish new this. New and and, and right. Right. you don't have anybody sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and getting frustrated and voting for somebody else. Right. So—
2: Right. And um, I think there aren't enough uh, some, you know, a lot of these new guys brought in through these, you know, Tea Party votes are are young and inexperienced and don't have probably the but seniority. Even, but, to even,
1: be, but even if not, yeah. Jonathan Sticklin's not going to be chair of Appropriations. Spoiler alert. I <laughs> mean, he's to, the, the speaker is not going to make these guys part of his leadership team. Nor
0: will he, he put them
3: on but, powerful committees to begin with.
0: They're going to keep Strauss busy in his um, reelection. He's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of resources. San Antonio seems solidly behind him. It would be a huge upset for him to get beat. Never right. say never. But Jeff Jetson is the former head of the uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation, and Sheila Bean is less well known. But if you put, you know, when you start packing a primary, you start increasing the chances of the leader not getting fifty percent going into a runoff. And this and comes back to, to the Bill King conversation. Him. So the right. the
1: play here appears to be keep Strauss below fifty by putting enough people
0: in the in the primary with him. In fact, there are more than one challenger to Byron Cook. Same same, same play going on right. there. Right. And so then try to beat him in a runoff. Right.
2: I mean, is Byron Cook, at the end of the day, vulnerable?
0: Yes. Yeah, he's, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people on his side of the thing seriously worried about it and taking this very, very seriously. That's going to be a big fight. And both, I, yeah. both sides think that's going to be a big fight. And if you catch them both honest, they both say, you know, this could, depending on how things develop, yeah. go either way. There's a grassroots political consultant who does a
1: lot of the primaries that we're talking about you know these kind of races he's not in this race not in the cook race but he's somebody who by virtue of his doing a lot of these races has a good 360 degree view of the landscape we were talking about the cook stuff the other day and he said i think cook loses in the primary i think garen wins garen's another one who they would love to knock off Mm -hmm. right his main opponent is a guy named beau french they would love to knock Garrett off but this person's perception was i think cook's in this person's i think cook's in real trouble Don't know if he actually is. He said, I think a lot of the other people who they're targeting end up not getting knocked off. And look, the goal here is for them to get enough votes to have the equivalent of the Freedom Caucus in the U.S. House, which has smaller numbers but larger influence than the Mm -hmm. numbers would suggest. And ultimately it was a rump group of 40 out of 247 who forced Boehner's hand and forced McCarthy's hand. And I think they would like to have a similar rump group large enough to force Strauss's hand. Talk about a a
3: foreshadowing between Stickland and Cook and just – sort of the Tea Party and establishment sides of the GOP. They almost came to blows on the House floor. Right. And it's sort of, you're seeing that now in the elections. I mean, it was just a complete foreshadowing of
0: what... Well, so the Warren Austin Department. game is all the personalities, like right. you say. The You know, to Emily's point, though, Cook has enough things that he has done, enough issues there that without getting to any of the personality stuff, you can... If you are opposed to him, oppose him on the union dues thing, on the abortion stuff, on the Saint city stuff, on on a bunch of issues. And really, that's where his vulnerability in an election comes from.
3: But at the same time, he also, I mean, he was the chair of the committee that passed out HB2, the most restrictive abortion law. And so I think it was a—
0: That'll be his argument.
3: Exactly. So he has that to come back This is Janet
1: Jackson politics. You know who she is, right?
3: (laughs) Yes. What have you
1: done for me lately? They don't care about what happened in the 83rd. They care about the 84th. And then they're going to care about the 85th. I, I don't think that history is instructive
0: as far as this stuff goes. Nobody remembers past the last session. They'll see what's on their door hangers.
2: Well, if you'd like to knock one of us off before the next legislative session, you can email us at tribcast at
1: texastribune.org. <laughs> it, it might be, it might be uh, oh, my God, the call's coming from inside the house. <laughs> right. we, we may do this internally.
2: Uh, also, you can sign up for Tribcast alerts at texastribune.org slash tribcast. We'd like to thank Shiny Ribs for doing our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Alexa, and our producer, Todd, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. See
1: you M- Emily is talking. dude. i talking. said this talking. times. talking. talking.